Amen. Praise God, church. God is good. He's just, he blows my mind. Oh, praise God. Well, um, let's go ahead and, and, and open up in a word of prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, there is no other name that we can come to you except for his name, the name of your precious son, the name of your son that you gave for us. We come in the name of your son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, your spirit is here, Lord. And Lord, I'm just asking for your anointing oil to flow, Lord. I'm asking for you, Lord God, to just minister to your people today. I'm just a vessel, Lord God. I'm just a tent, Lord God, but your spirit is in me. And I'm asking you, Lord. I've been asking you, Lord God. Lord, I'm going to testify the testimony of Jesus, for the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Lord, I'm here to speak your words, not mine, Lord. I'm here to speak what you have given me, Lord. And I humble myself here before you, Lord God. I pray that your spirit, Lord, would open up the hearts of the people and give them understanding. I pray that your spirit would give me utterance. And Lord, let your word, let your word have free course here tonight and be glorified. Speak what you want to speak, Lord. Speak to the things, Lord, the heart of men and women here, Lord God. Some are going through things. Some are carrying burdens, Lord. Some are coming through from victories, Lord. Each one of them, Lord, is precious to you. And so I'm asking you, Holy Ghost, to speak to them what they need to hear tonight. Speak to their hearts, Lord God. I trust in you. I give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You know, before I, I really get started, I just, I just want to make a point um, about something. Because some of you may think, you know, pastors up here or myself or Gilbert, whoever, Tom, I, I could never be, and I'm, I'm just picking the men, but, or Sister Angela or Patty, I can never do what they do. I could never uh, uh, act the way they act, say the way, say the things that they say, pray the way they pray, sing the way they say, whatever it may be. Some of you are dealing with an anxiety about it, to be honest with you. Some of you are dealing with um, hindrances from the places and the position really that God wants you to be in. And in your mind, you may not say that outwardly. Some of you may, but some of you may not. And the point I'm trying to make is this, is what you see on the outside. It's not about what you see on the outside. It's what, you, what happens in secret. It's what happens behind the scenes that nobody sees. What you see coming out, it's just like Pastor gave that example a few weeks ago, a few months ago, you know, and, and we're adults here, but when someone has a child, it's because there's something, and I hope it happened in secret, but there's something that happened in secret, right? So when, when that child is birthed, when something is birthed, or when you see that, it's because that's what, that was, that's what happened in the secret place, in the secret time that no one knew. It's not about what you see. It's about what's happening in the secret. And you know what? That's for anybody of you here. That's for any one of you here. I'm going to give you a point. You thought this is how I'm dressed today, but I'm going to show you, and I'm not unclothing myself. Don't worry. I got a t-shirt on. I'm going to have a t-shirt on, okay? But God has made you and I his servants, and I'm wearing this shirt for a reason. Not only because I like it. Priscilla and, and Teresa are making these awesome shirts that you can wear and look good. But no one knew I had this on. Okay? No one knew. It's what happens in the secret place that is rewarded openly is what the Word of God says. Okay? So if there is a hindrance or anything that is keeping you from being in the position, from being who God wants you to be, my encouragement to you is this. 
the things that you do in secret when no one is watching but God is watching, go to him. I, I, it, he makes it simple. Just spend time with him. I'm getting ahead of myself, but just spend time with him. And when you spend time with him, the things that are done in secret will be rewarded openly. And you will be surprised. I'm telling you, you will be shocked. Your mind will be blown away. Not only your mind, but your family's. Your family members are going to be like, they're going to be speechless. Because you have been alone with Jesus. You've been alone with Jesus. So I, 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 I just believe that God wanted me to share that. That's not on my notes. But I want to just share um, the, what, how, what's been going on in my life. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I want to just share something that God showed me a couple of days ago. Um, in preparation for this message, and we'll be, we'll, we'll be headed here in a little bit, but God had been wanting me to read John chapter 6. Um, and uh, I woke up a couple of days ago, and I have a little clock next to my... Um, next to my bed in my nightstand. And when I woke up in the morning, I, I, I turned to look at the clock, and I didn't even see what time it was, but it has a temperature, it, you know, it has a temperature gauge on it and tells you what the temperature is. And the temperature was 66.6. .6. And that just jumped out to me, you know, 666. And as soon as I saw that 666, the thought came, the climate and the environment, the ambient temperature of the world is that antichrist temperature. It's that antichrist temperature. That's, that is what the temperature of the world is at right now. And I was just, I was like, wow, Lord, okay. You know, I'm just getting up and I go on with my day. I, I, I you know, I'm taking the kids to school and I'm coming back home. And again, John chapter 6 is in my, in, in, in my mind. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the Bible. So I put the Bible app on, and I'm listening to John chapter 6. And uh, there, as I'm listening, there was this verse that jumped out to me. And it says in John chapter 6, it says, From that time, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. John 6, 66. And I don't believe that's a coincidence. You see, because the Antichrist spirit is here in this time, and what he is wanting to do, it's really Satan, but what that Antichrist spirit is wanting to do is he, is, he knows his time is short. Okay, so he's working, that Antichrist spirit is working in this world to pull the saints from following Jesus Christ. He's working to get disciples off track, disciples that follow Jesus off track so they will follow him no more. And that's not an opinion. That's the word of God. He's trying to wear you out. He's trying to get you distracted. He's trying to keep you focused on the things of this world. He's trying to bring deception, not just in the world, but he's trying to bring deception through the church, through the pulpit. He's trying to bring this, and he is bringing deception. I was just talking with Kyle. I don't think he's in here. I was just talking with Kyle about how he was listening to this pastor speaking on this thought. It was actually a really good, good thought. And, um, he got through this, and, and everything Kyle was telling me, everything that this pastor got to or, or was speaking was on point. And then he, he, he got to this part in the message where he, he said, he said, nowhere in the Bible does it say that your sins will separate you from God. It, it explicitly does. Your iniquities, your sins have separated you from your God so he, that, that he will not hear you, is what it says in Isaiah. But that's what he said. There's, there's another pastor that I have seen 
that is promoting, he said, what he said was, you know, uh, he said, Jesus said that we should love one another. And, you know, but when it comes to gay marriage, Jesus is silent. And this guy's like emphatic. Like he is, he's got all the charisma and he's like emphatic. He says, Jesus is silent when it talks about gay marriage. He says, love one another. And I'm thinking, what, if I'm there, you know, this guy is completely off. But Jesus does say something about marriage. In fact, what he says is a man shall leave his father and mother and, the, and shall join his wife and the two shall become one flesh. He doesn't say a man shall join a man, a woman shall join a, a man shall join his wife. Right? Man and woman, he created them. But these pastors that do not have the heart of God, that do not stand in the word of God or stand in the counsel of the Lord are preaching these things. So it's not just the Antichrist spirit working in the world. It's the Antichrist spirit trying to work through what the church, what is called the church. Some people may say that I'm taking John 6.66 out of uh, context, and I'm not. Okay, the reason why people may think that or say that is because when, when, when Jesus was speaking some hard things in John chapter 6, he had told the disciples, he had told those that were following him, they saw him do the fishes and the lo- the miracle of the fishes and the loaves. And they were following him for that. And he gets to this point where he's talking about, he says, my, my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And he said, if you do not eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part in me. And the people that were following him were saying, hey, who can understand these things? This is hard to understand. He's talking about eating his flesh. What is he talking about, being cannibalistic? No. He told them, he said, the words that I speak to you are spirit. The flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that profits. So understand what I'm talking to you is spiritual things, but they didn't understand that. So they went away and they followed him no more because those things were hard for them to understand, hard for them to grasp, hard for them to, to, to take in. Okay? I'm not missing. They stopped following him because of that. But today, churches, and we have plenty of mega churches out there. There are plenty of churches that are full of people that would rather hear the easy things than hear the hard things and the truth. And they follow not Christ anymore, but they follow another gospel. And they heap up teachers with itching ears because they want to hear what they want to hear, not the things that Jesus actually says. So that Antichrist spirit is working to deceive people. And I want to read a few portions of Scripture. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm just going to skip around. Lord, help me, please. 2 chapter, chapter, Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 says this. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. Okay, the rapture is not going to come. Okay, you're not going to get left behind. The day of the Lord, I should say, will not come. Except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin, that Antichrist, be revealed, the son of perdition. Skipping down to verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity does already work. And going down to verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Okay, the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. All the deceivableness. Sounds like a made-up word, but that's a real word. All the deceivableness. 
that, can, that somebody can have of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they, may, they might be saved. You don't have to turn there. 1 John 2.18 says this, Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. 1 Timothy 4, chapter 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. He explicitly, he, he's saying this, he, the Spirit is speaking this without a doubt. Expressly means distinctly with no doubt. That in the latter times shall some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of, de of devils. So it's clear, okay? It's clear. And I'm not trying to say God's not working, God's not moving. He's absolutely moving, right? We see pockets of, of, of revivals happening throughout the, throughout, the United yeah, throughout the United States. We see that. It's happening, okay? My personal opinion is that there's a lot more people that are going to come. But then what will end up happening is there'll be, a, there'll be a church and it'll become a universal church. And that's where you're going to see that falling away. That's my, that's my opinion. Okay? It's just, like, it's just like all the Egyptians. I'm sorry, the Israelites that came out of Israel. And there was a mixed multitude that came out. Right? There was a mixed multitude that came out. What we're going to see is God is going to weed out those that do not belong to his church. And that falling away is going to happen. Because people are going to choose to follow after seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So the question is, why are they doing this? Because they would, like I said earlier, they would rather hear things that they want to hear than the cold, hard truth. And they're being deceived. And, and the point I want to make to you is don't give attention to the things that are not of God. Don't pay attention to the things that are not of God because the word says that they are giving heed. They're paying attention. They're giving room to that. They're giving attention to these doctrines of devils, to seducing spirits. Don't even mess with it. That's a warning. Don't even touch it. Do you see it come up on your Facebook, your Instagram, whatever, your TikTok? Don't even have TikTok. You see that come up, and you know. Don't even click on it. Don't even go there. Because what you're doing is you're giving room to the devil to work. You're allowing him to, 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 to deceive you, honestly. But on the flip side, what we must, the word says, what we must give earnest heed to, the things that we have heard. Hebrews chapter 2, the things that we have, give earnest heed. Pay close attention. Invest your time. Invest your time and your energy on the things that we have heard preached from this pulpit, preached preach from the word of God. It's the complete opposite. Because if you don't, you'll be deceived. You'll be deceived if you follow after things you're not supposed to, and you'll be deceived if you're not following the things that you are supposed to. I want to go back to John chapter 6. Because when, when, they, when, when it says in verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. In 67, Jesus said unto the 12, will you also go away? Will you also go? That's the question tonight. Will you also go away? When that falling away starts to happen... When you see people that were there next to you worshiping and now they're following after doctrines of devils and, and seducing spirit, will you also go away? And I want you to 
pay attention to what Peter says. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I want you to pay attention to something. He didn't say, Jesus, you have the power. He didn't say that. He didn't say, you perform miracles and signs and wonders. He didn't say that. I saw what you did, Jesus. Where are we going to go? I saw what you did. You're the one that does all these miracles. He didn't say that. He said, you have the words. You have the words of eternal life. Be careful. Don't follow signs and wonders. Don't follow because the devil's going to come like it says in the word. He's going to come with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, with signs and lying, with lying, yeah, with signs and lying wonders. And people are going to be fixated. Look at that. And they're going to follow after that because they're walking by sight and not by faith. They're not following the words of Jesus. When he said, when they said he's here, Jesus said, don't go there. He's in this room. Don't go there. You know, he said, you're going to see him. That eastern sky is going to split. You're going to see him. Everyone's going to see him. But until you see him coming from the clouds, follow the words of Jesus. Be like Peter in this sense. You have the words of eternal life. Where are we going to go? It's the word of God. Pastor's been hitting on this. And I'm sure you guys have been picking on it. And if not, picking up on it. If not, the Holy Spirit is hitting on it again. It's the word of God. The word of God must have preeminence. It must have priority. The word of God is the most crucial, most important thing that God can speak and has given you. Along with the Holy Ghost. They, one doesn't outdo the other. They are hand in hand. The Spirit won't do anything that is contrary to the Word of God. The Word of God won't tell you to do anything that is contrary to what the Spirit of God is telling you to do. I know a lot of times we say, God, I want you to speak to me. I want to hear that still small, that still small voice. I say that. I want that. Who doesn't want that? If you don't, that's a problem. <laughs> but you know, you got, I think I said this before. You have to see and look how many times did the word of God actually come to a person, to Abraham, to David, to Elijah. Very few times in their lives. And we have this. They would have died for this. You want the word of God? You want that still small voice? Open up your Bible. Read the word. You know, I heard this example. I shared this with the young adults. It's like saying, how come I'm not getting any text messages? Why am I not getting any text messages? It's because your phone is off. When you're not reading the Bible, it's like your phone's off. God, talk to me. God, talk to me. God, talk to me. I don't know how many words, but there's probably about 50,000 words in there. God, I want to hear the word of God. Right here. Right here. The key, the key to not being deceived is the word of God. It's to depositing the word of God. In, it's for depositing the word of God in you so that you won't be deceived. So that you won't follow after lies. There's so many lies. So that you don't consume lies. When you pay attention to lies, when you pay attention to the things of the devil, what you're doing is you're consuming. You're eating. That's why Jesus said, my, my flesh is meat indeed, my blood is... Because when you're with him, you're consuming him. But when you're not and you're focused on other things... 
You're consuming the lies of the devil. You're letting those doctrines of devils get into you. There's that old saying, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. The actual reality, the actual word, or the, the real proverb, it was by a French guy. What his version was is, tell me what you eat, and I will tell you what you are. Tell me what you eat, and I will tell you what you are. If you eat healthy, most likely you're going to eat health, be healthy. If you eat junk, most likely you're going to feel like junk, and you're going to be junk. If you eat the truth, you're going to live in the truth. If you consume lies, you're going to live a lie. If you consume the devil, you're going to live like the devil. If you consume Christ, you're going to live like Christ. You're going to live like Christ. The word of God is vital and of, of, of utmost importance. This is your source of truth right here. Why would you spend time anywhere else? Why? This is it right here. And I'm going to tell you, the most important thing you can be doing with your time is this. It's reading the word, but it's not just reading the word to read the word. It's communion and fellowship with Jesus. It's relationship with Jesus. That is the most important thing that we should be doing, especially, especially in the day that we're living in, where that antichrist spirit is working to try to deceive and try to pull the saints and try to pull away the disciples of God. It must be a priority. I'm going to tell you, if you're not making the word of God and spending time with God a priority, if you're not doing it, if you're not spending time with him, to start your day out, what you're saying is there are other priorities I got to get to first and then I'll get to this. I know you don't want to hear that. But that's the reality. You will get to the things that are important to you. It may be going to the gym. It may be grabbing your morning coffee. It may be doing the chores and the things that you know you have to do. But what you're saying is, yeah, I'll, I'll, I, will, I promise I'll get to you. I'll, I'll get to you. And there are days that, yeah, you'll get to it. And there are days that you won't get to it. And you don't know. That day might be the day that the devil shows up and says, hey. But because you've been focused on other things, now it's the carnal man that's responding and not the spiritual man. Because the spiritual man is weak. Because you haven't fed that spiritual man. This has to be priority number one. That is one side of what God wants me to preach, okay? Be patient with me. God's talking. Oh, God, just minister today. Because that's one side of the coin. There's an antichrist spirit, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We have the victory. We have the victory, but you got to stay connected to the one who gives you the victory so that you aren't deceived. But then there's other things that the word of God, that God wants to give you through his word that he has for you to do. Oh, good things. Wonderful things. Why else is God's word vital? Turn with me to Mark chapter 6. Jesus, I praise you, Lord. You guys with me? I know I'm not. Well, it doesn't matter who I'm not. I am who I am by the grace of God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We're going to be here for a little bit. Mark chapter 6, starting with verse 35. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, the multitude away, that they may go into the country round about and into the villages 
and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. That's a key verse. He said to his disciples, You give them to eat. And they said unto him, Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? Shall we go into the world and go buy things and give it to them? I'm going to tell you something. What you can buy with money is not going to satisfy the people. Okay? He said unto them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they knew, they said to him, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. I want to read that again. And, he, and when he had taken the loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven, he blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all, and they did all eat and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. Looking at this story and this situation, I'm just going to reiterate some of these points. The time was spent. The day, it was late in the day. They were in a, de in a desert place, in a wilderness place. The people were hungry and needed food. And when the disciples said, Lord, hey, you know, they're hungry. What Jesus said to them, he didn't say, hey, hey, here you go. What he said to them was, you give them to eat, Cameron. You give them to eat, Dina. You give them to eat. And they went, and Jesus asked them, well, what do you have? Go see what you have. And they saw that they had two fish and five loaves. In John's version of this story, of this account, Andrew asked Jesus, we have five, lo we have five loaves and two, what are, and two fishes. What are they among so many? What is this little amount that we have among the multitude? This is, this is nothing, Lord. That's what he's saying. And we've heard this before. And a lot of times we make it into a financial resource thing. And that's fine and that's okay. But it's true in so many different ways. The little that you have, when you give that to God, he'll multiply it. He'll stretch it out. And not only will he multiply it and stretch it out, he will use it for benefiting others. And then guess what? And this is when, he'll, when he uses it, what you've given to him, when he uses it and multiplies it and stretches it out to benefit others, guess what? You end up coming back with 12 baskets full. So the little bit that you had, you gave it away, and then when he used it, he gives you even way more than what you had in the first place. That's God. It's true in your finances. It's true in your time. It's true with your talents. It, it, you think, I can never speak like they speak. I can never pray. Mm -mm. Don't compare yourself. You're looking at you and the person. You need to look at Jesus. You need to look at Jesus. He will take the little bit that you have. And he'll bless it, and he'll multiply it, and he'll use it, and then he'll pay you back even more. <laughs> That's my God. That's your God. That's how Jesus works. What does that mean for us today? What it means is this. We are in the last days. The day is far spent. It's late in the day. It is the 11th hour. You got to be blind not to see that it is the last days. I just read the verses about the Antichrist, and you know it's the last days. And guess what? There are people that have been consuming the lies of the devil. They have been fed lies from when they were children. Okay? In schools, in, in, in homes where they've been abused, where they've been lied to, where they've been abandoned. They've consumed lies. 
And there are people that have grown tired and weary of the lies, and they're hungry. They're hungry. But you know what they're hungry for? They're hungry for the truth. They're hungry for the truth. They're looking for something that will give them hope. They're looking for something that will not hurt them nor harm them. They're looking for something that they can actually rest upon and trust in. You can't trust the dollar. You can't trust the government. You, 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 anywhere in this world, honestly, I'm having a hard time trying to figure out what I can trust in. Tell me where I can put my trust in other than Christ. If I'm in the world, where can I put my trust in that I know it won't fail me? There's nothing. There's nothing. And they're hungry. And you know what will happen is, just like those disciples, when Jesus had fed them, and then they saw that the people were hungry, And they were in a desert place. You will cross paths with people in their desert place. You will cross paths with people when they're hungry. God will set up those divine appointments. Sometimes you don't even realize it. That's, that's, that's the, those are the times I'm like, I wasn't even expecting that. <laughs> I'll give you examples. Family members, you know, if you celebrate Easter, you know that fam those family members are going to be there. Or the holidays, or you'll see them at family functions. You, you know their problems. You know their issues. You know they're hiding it. Because everyone in the family knows. This one's been divorced, and this one's been divorced twice, and this one, their husband cheated on that. Everyone knows. And we laugh because we know it's true. Our coworkers. <clears throat> your kids may talk to you. I hope they do. You know, our, 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 we talk to our kids, our daughters, and hey, this one's going through suicidal thoughts. This one's going through depression and anxiety. 14, 13 years old, 15 years old. It, it, it's the multitudes are out there and they're hungry and they're hurting. And we see that. You, you see that, you know that. And we're saying, God, you, you need to move in their lives. You need to move in their lives. You need to help these people, God. God, please feed them. Feed them, God, help. And, and we invite them to church, and I'm not saying not to invite to church. Don't, don't twist my words, okay? I'm not saying don't invite people to church. But we say, hey, come to my church. You'll get ministered to. I, and I'm, I'm using myself. I say that. Come to my church. The Spirit of God moves powerfully. He'll minister to you. Just come. And then we go and we pray for them. And we pray and we cry out to God for them. And we're supposed to do that. And we're waiting on Sunday and they never show up. And we're waiting on Thursday and they don't show up. And it's like, well, I don't want to keep bugging them and asking them, you know, but hey, can you come, you know. And they don't show up. And in essence, it's like we're saying, Jesus, feed them. And what he's saying is, you feed them. You feed them. He's not doing it in a way that's demeaning. He's doing that in a way that because he's trusting you. He's trusting you. The church isn't what happens in here. It is, but it's more than that. The church is Jesus' hands extended out there. It's Jesus' hand extended out there in your workplace, at your company, at your school. That's where the church is supposed to be. The church is supposed to be out there. The church is supposed to be in the strip clubs. Not every one of us, but some of us. That's the truth. 
And, and I'm not saying anything uh, that, that is against the word of God because they called Jesus a, a friend of sinners. Why? Because he was hanging out with sinners. Not because he was caught up in their sin. Get that clear. They called him a wine bibber. Why? Because there were people around him drinking wine. He wasn't drinking that wine. I'm going to tell you something. You have an issue with that. Don't go near that place. Don't go near that place. I'm going to tell you something. Last week, I had to go to an event with work. I don't have an issue, praise the Lord, with alcohol. I don't have an issue with that. But I know when I walk through that bar area in that hotel, and they see every, every single person there has a drink, and they don't see me with a drink. Hey, why don't you have a drink? They feel, they feel bad for me. Kevin, can I get you something? No, I'm great. I'm great. How do you do it, Kevin? I'm telling you what happened. I'm telling you what happened last Tuesday night. No. When did I come home? I came home Wednesday. Tuesday night. We went to dinner. People were getting plastered. Then after at the restaurant. Then after going to the restaurant, getting plastered, then we went to the bar. They went to the bar. I was like, God, I don't want to be there, but you know what? This is a mission field. I had, and, and, and I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just being honest with you. I had spent time with the Lord, praying, seeking God, asking him. The time before that dinner time, when I landed from that plane, I went to my room. I sought God. God, this is the mission field that you have given me right now. So I know I spent time with the Lord. I know his spirit was in me. I asked him for divine appointments. We went to go eat. Went to the bar. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to hang out here for a little bit. I started to have conversations, spiritual conversations with people, and boom, the devil would just show up. Heaven, how are you? I'm like, oh, devil. I'm like, you and I, we're going to have this conversation later. And we couldn't con continue the conversation. And it had gone to the point where I was like, God, okay, things are starting to get out of hand. I'm going to leave. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm going back to my room, and no joke, the very last two people as I was leaving the place, they're like, Kevin, how you doing, man? How's everything going, man? How do you do it? And boom, there's that open door. I'm going to tell you how I do it, bro. It's Jesus Christ. You, you, you see anything good in me? It's Jesus Christ. And the Lord opened up this conversation with a guy that's from Nigeria that grew up in the things of God and has walked away. And I told them, bro, I was praying before this. God set up divine appointments, and I specifically asked God, God, let me talk to someone who is a Christian that needs encouragement. And when I prayed that, I knew it was not, you know, I'm not looking, I'm not usually finding other Christians except for my sister Sheila over here, praise God, that I'm grateful for. She's here, her and I work together. But I'm not usually finding other Christians at my company. Or at least people that may have professed God at some point in time. But the very last guy I talked to, born in Nigeria. I'm like, oh, I, what part of Nigeria? The southern part of Nigeria. Oh, okay, I know. I know. I know enough about Nigeria. And we started talking, man. And he was like, bro, to hear you talk about God the way you talk about God is refreshing to me. It's refreshing to me. I'm like, bro, that's the Holy Spirit. He's drawing you back to him. What are, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? They're hungry. Sometimes it's the people you don't even realize that, that God brings across your path. And I told him, I said, you know what, man? I, literally, I, was, I was ready to leave. You're the last guy that I talked to here tonight, and you're the answer to my prayer. God's talking to you, man. They need a move of God. They need a word of God. Oh, man. And they rarely come to church because Jesus is saying, you feed them. You give them something to eat. What happens is Jesus asks you, okay, go see how many loaves and fishes you have. And then we look and we're like, why? 
because we haven't been making this a priority. I don't have fishes and loaves. I don't have anything to give you, Lord, to multiply, to bless, to, to, to distribute, to give to me because I don't, ha- I don't have anything. And you're missing out. You're missing out on the opportunities and the blessings that God has for you, and then they're missing out. They're walking around hungry because we don't have anything to give them. They need the church right then and there, not on Sunday. They need the church on a Tuesday night when they're getting drunk. They need the church on Friday night when they're about to go get loaded. And God has you stop them. That's when they need the church. That's when they need Jesus. And what they need is food, but they need spiritual food. They need spiritual bread. They need a word from God. They need Jesus. And that's why God is is encouraging you. Oh, give me the word. That's why he is making a priority Okay, he is making it a priority for you to be in the word of God. It's a priority that we need to make because God says it's a priority. Where do we get this bread? Where do you get bread from? I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) Bread doesn't appear except that you're in the wilderness and manna comes from heaven. That's the only time that bread appeared. But bread doesn't appear by itself. Bread doesn't just show up. Bread is prepared. Everyone, when you walk into that house or that baker, you know that bread. That, that bread company, you know they're making bread when we walk out. Bread is being prepared. It doesn't just come from nowhere. It comes from God. And it's manna from heaven. And it must be given by God. The bread that they're, they're looking for, the bread that, that will satisfy them, is the bread that comes from God. You see, because it says, and when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He looked up to heaven, and he blessed the bread, and then he broke it, and then he gave it to his disciples. That's what God does. That bread is blessed, broken, given to you so that you would distribute Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. They're weary. They need a word from God. But they need a word from someone that has a tongue of the learned. That learned, that word for learned means learned, discipled. You need to be discipled. You need to learn from God. And then it says, He wakeneth. I always... Wonder why it says this after the fact, not before the fact. One day God will show me. He wakeneth me morning by morning. He wakeneth my ear to hear as the learned. You see, you need to be trained by God. You need to be trained by God, discipled by God. Have an ear that is learned so you can hear what God is telling you. You need to be in his word so you know what he says, how he speaks. And he'll give you that word so that you'll have a word, you'll have a tongue on your mouth as the learned to speak a word to in season at that right moment in time to them that are weary. That's what you need to ask for. You see, prayer or the bread is prepared and the word that God wants to give you is prepared. And the way that it's prepared is it's prepared in prayer. It's prepared in prayer. Prayer is that oven. It's that process. It's that, mm, it's that when you take that dough, you work that dough, and you put it in that oven, and it's baking hot, and it smells so good. That's what prayer is. That's what prayer is. I'm, I, I know it's not a, that's not, the, that's the first time I've ever used that example. that's what prayer is he prepares that oh man it smells so good and it's fresh and then you go out to the world oh man oh god 
خب It's prepared by prayer. It's prepared by spending time with the Lord. You can't rush that bread. You can't. There's, there's some bread that has to wait. It has to ferment. It has to process. You can't, you can't give them something raw and uncooked. You got to spend time in prayer with God. Because it's in that time of prayer when he gives you those words. When he speaks to you. There are so many things in the word of God that are so powerful. Okay? But it's like saying Jesus went to the leper and he said, your eyes be healed. When you speak a word that doesn't make sense. When you speak a word that is not in season. It's like you go to the blind man and, he, and, and say, stretch out your hand. You know why that happens? Because you haven't been spending time in prayer to hear the word of God. To hear what God wants to give to you. Sometimes, honestly, most of the time, he gives you something and you're chewing. You should be meditating on it and chewing on it and, and, and meditating it on your, in, your, excuse me, in your spirit. And you think it's for something for yourself but in reality, God brings someone across your path and boom, it's that perfect bread, that perfect word to give to that person in their season. And that only happens in prayer. It only happens in spending, with spending time with him in that deep, intimate place. Some of you know what I'm talking about and some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But God wants you to know. God wants you to experience it and he will. If you give them that opportunity and that time. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 11. If you have to leave, I will not be offended. If you got to go, I understand some of you guys got to wake up early and go to work. But I'm telling you something. God gave me a meal to give to you. <laughs> like they say in today's age, maybe some of you don't know this, but tonight we ate. You're going to eat tonight. You young people know what I'm talking about. And I don't even know that. That comes from my daughter. So I'm not taking credit. But tonight we ate. In Luke chapter 11. And I'm going to skip around, but in verse 1 it says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Verse 3, Jesus prayed. He gave him the model prayer, right? He gave him, they call it the Lord's Prayer. It says in verse 3, Give us day by day our daily bread. Give us day by day our daily bread. There's so much there. We're talking about that tonight. And then, skipping down to verse 5, after the Lord's Prayer, Jesus goes into this example. He gives them this story, this parable. And he said unto them, which of you, verse 5, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey and is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within, the person that's in the house, from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Jesus says, though he will not rise and give him, give him he won't give him the bread, because he is his friend, yet... Because of his importunity, his persistence, he will rise and give him, check this out, he will give him as many as he needs. He came asking for three, but the, but the neighbor will give him as many as he needs because of his importunity. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receive, and he that seeks find, 
findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. We use that verse for things, for personal things. Lord, I want you to open this door for this job. Lord, I'm trying to buy this house. Lord, I, I need a promotion. I'm asking, I'm not, Lord, give me those things. I'm not dissuading you from asking for those things. That's fine, but that's not the context. The context here he's saying is ask, he's, asking, he's telling you to seek, he's telling you to knock like that neighbor that is going to his neighbor's house and is saying, and saying it's midnight, I need bread, I need bread, I need bread. That is the context of that. I need bread, my friend is coming, he's tired from his journey. I need bread. I'm not going to give you. I need bread. I need bread. Lord, my coworker, Lord, they're dealing with anxiety, Lord. Lord, my neighbor, Lord. He's going through a divorce, Lord. I need bread, Lord. I need bread. Give me the bread. Give me the bread that they need, Lord Jesus. Lord, they're going through a divorce and Lord, their daughter, Lord, is she ran away, Lord. I need bread. That is what Jesus is encouraging you and I to do. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And he won't just give you three. He'll give you whatever you need. He'll give you whatever you need. So that preparation for that word, that prayer, that is the prayer that I'm talking about. That's the prayer. That's the preparation of that bread. Because they're hungry and they're weary and they're coming across your path in this journey of life. And now is your opportunity. Now is your opportunity to give them that bread. And you know what he will do? He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. It must be that bread and it must be coupled with prayer. You see, the prayer is what activates. It's that faith. It's that prayer of faith that activates that bread to multiply. Okay? It's bigger than, it's, it's God works in ways that are bigger than what you and I can imagine or even begin to think. When he offered up that bread and he blessed it, he blessed it. Okay? That thing was activated to multiply, to feed thousands. So don't think, you know what? I don't know the word of God like Kevin knows the word. I don't know the word of God. I don't pray like Angela prays. The little that you have, if you would just go to him and seek him. You just seek him and say, Lord, I don't have much. I have five loaves and two fish. Lord, I don't have anything. He, th that, that man said, I don't have any bread in my house. Give me bread. He'll give, you the, he'll give you enough bread to feed the multitudes. He'll give you enough bread to feed the multitudes. Because I'm going to tell you something about this bread. <laughs> this is getting better. Because Jesus gets better. He just doesn't stop. Let me tell you something about this bread that God has given you to distribute. Turn to John chapter 6. Oh, hallelujah. It's not just bread. It's not just bread. It's not just words. John 6, starting with verse 32. Amen. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which came down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that you also have seen me, and believe me not. All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him, to, him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. I'm going to stop there real quick 
Because there are some of you, yeah, yeah, you might say, Kevin, okay, I hear you. Kevin, I want to do that. I want to help people. I have nothing to give, but I want to come to Jesus. I'm going to tell you something about Jesus. If you would just come to him, he's not going to cast you out. He's not going to say you're unworthy. He's not going to say get away from my presence. He's saying come to me because he's not going to cast you out. Just go to him. Just go to him. Some of you have failed. You might have failed today. Just come to him. There came a point just a couple of weeks ago, I failed God in my, in my spirit, in my mind. I was dealing with some things, and I said, Lord, all I know to do is to come. All I know to do is to come. And you promised me, if I come to you, you're not going to cast me out. You will in no wise cast me out. And when I was... <laughs> Oh, praise. When I was dealing with that thing that I, that I was going through, there was something in my heart that I never even thought I would have dealt with. And I had, ask, I had to ask God to forgive me. As I was going through the word of God and seeking God, and that verse came to me, he will in no wise cast out any that come unto him. I looked up this verse and I found it, and God gave me the ending to this message. Maybe it's not a big deal to you, but man, that was a big deal to me. Because when I was unworthy and I felt unworthy and I still came to him, he's like, hey, you thought you were going to preach this message, message two, three weeks ago? No, no, no. I got so much more. I got a lot more to, for you to, I, I got a lot more to give you and I got a lot more for you to share. You know, that's God, man. God, God, God can take your mistakes and your mess ups. I don't know how he does that. And he can use it, and he can, he can wipe it away, and then he can use it even more. Like, that's just God. Amen. So don't ever think you can't come to Jesus. Because you can come to him, and then when you come to him, he blesses you. And he blessed me with what we're going through right now, with the ending of this message. He says here, where did I stop? In verse 38. For I came down, Jesus said, for I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that, all, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again on that last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. I read all that. I read all that because I want to share with you, when you go to ask for the Father, okay? When you go to ask for the Father, Father, give me bread. Father, give me bread. These people need you. These situations, right? Give me bread. And you're knocking down that door. Give me bread. When God gives you the bread, it's not words that he's giving you to give them. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. When you spend time with him and you're in his word, what the Father is giving you is Jesus. He said it himself. He is that true bread from heaven. He looked up to heaven. He blessed it. He was broken. And he was given. It's Jesus. That parent, what, when he's doing that, that's himself. He was the one that came down from heaven. He was the one that was blessed. He was the one that was broken. He was the one that distribu was distributed to you and me. So that then we could go and distribute that to others. When God gives you the true bread, he gives you, true, he gives you that bread from heaven. He gives you the bread of life. He gives you the bread that was prepared from the foundations of the world. He gives you the bread that was broken. He gives you the bread that was blessed. He gives you the bread that truly satisfies. He gives you the bread that doesn't leave them hungry, doesn't leave them thirsty. He gives you Jesus to give to them. And you know the thing about that bread? When he gave those, those bread, that bread and those, lo those loaves and those fishes to those disciples... And they were giving it to feed the multitudes. That bread just kept appearing. It just kept going. 
And they was able to feed multitudes. And they, and, and they were full. You know why? Because Jesus never ends. That bread was eternal. Those, that bread and those fishes were eternal. Because Jesus is eternal. The miracle of the fishes and the loaves is about who Jesus is. That's the bread that God has given you and me. And our prayer should be, Lord, evermore give us of this bread. Evermore give us of this bread. Because when you cross paths with someone and you have that bread, <laughs> you'll never run out. Because Jesus never runs out. He never runs out. He's eternal. He is the living bread. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. You are what you eat. If you eat of Christ, you'll live like Christ. You'll live forever. That's the bread. <laughs> That's the bread that I'm talking about. That's the bread that the Holy Spirit is wanting you to understand. Oh, God, there's so many out there. There's multitudes out there. Yeah. The only bread that can satisfy them is Jesus. It doesn't matter how many. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter who it is, where they came from. What matters is who are you giving them, and it's Jesus. And my encouragement to you is this. Make spending time with Jesus the priority in your life. Number one, so you won't be deceived. But number two, so that you'll be able to give them that bread. And if it's not, and you're, you're dealing with something right now, and you're saying, I'm not worthy. Pastor, if you don't mind, come. Actually, you know what? I'm going to ask Brother Jeremy. Sorry, Pastor. I'm going to ask Brother Jeremy to go ahead and put uh, some music on. I want to give you the opportunity to pray, Pastor. You know, when it comes to those different situations and you're saying, I don't have bread, Jesus says, come. I'm not going to cast you out. If you're dealing with struggles or sins or situations, Jesus says, come. I'm not going to cast you out. If you're saying, I don't have bread to give, the Father says, come. I'll give you what you need. I'll give you what you need. So the altar's open. Make an altar at your seat. Make an altar up here. But ask God. God, give me that bread. Give me that bread. Give me this bread. Give me your son, Jesus. He's the bread. He is that bread. Amen.